Well, good morning. Welcome to 2019. If you're not there yet, I'm sorry, it's here. It's a new year and we're kicking off this year by starting and remembering and recommitting our lives to Christ. This week, we will be renewing our covenant as followers of Christ, following the Wesley tradition of the covenant prayer. And in the next 40 days, we'll be entering into an intentional time of prayer. You'll see this in our sermon series and and the information that comes out about being in prayer. It's the first of the year, and many of us are are busy making resolutions. And we're making these quasi-commitments to people or to ourselves about what we are going to do, who we're going to be, or how we're going to live. Some of us resolve to lose weight every year. Some of us resolve to cuss a little less. Some of us resolve to not make the same bad decisions we made last year. Or maybe you resolve to take up a new habit to help you grow like reading or prayer like we're hoping. No matter what direction you go with your resolutions, at the very core of every resolution is this idea of promise. Now when you and I make promises, the truth is we're not very good at keeping them. Think about that time you promised to return your neighbor's tools, or you promised your wife or husband you would wash the dishes before you went to bed. That's still going on in our household. You and I, we make promises all the time, but we're usually not that good at keeping them. But we know that, don't we? We've made promises before that we haven't kept, but every year we find ourselves doing the same thing again and again, making another resolution, another promise that this year will be different, that this year we will change, that we will finally make it to the gym or we will give up chocolate. I don't know about that one. We all, well, I think all of us in part The reason that we make promises all the time and the reason that we continue to make resolutions year after year is because we are made in the image of God. And as Christians, we believe that everyone is created as image of God. And part of that is people, we are bound together with who God is. You see, God is a promise-making God. God promises to his people and to the whole of creation We call the promises that God makes with us covenants. And there is throughout the Bible this pattern of God making covenant with humanity. We see this early in Genesis chapter 9, verses 9 to 17 more specifically of of the covenant with Noah. You remember this story, right? If not, let's go back to to our Sunday school days as a kid when when God, what does God do when a flood He initiates a covenant not only with Noah and his family, but with all of creation to protect them from the destruction. And God gives them the sign of a covenant of a rainbow. Then God will remember the covenant and keep it. Whenever we see a rainbow, we should do the same because God is offering to be the God of all creation if we will be God's people. So we move forward in scripture to Genesis 17 and the covenant God made with Abraham. God covenants with Abram that God will make Abram exceedingly numerous and will make from Abram a multitude of nations. God also promises the ancestors of Abram all the land of Canaan and that God will be their God. 
As for Abram and the male and members of his house, part of their covenant, they must become circumcised as a sign of the covenant between God and them. This is a serious commitment. But again, in this covenant, we find God offering to be God for Abraham and his descendants if they will but respond and if they will be God's people. Do you see the pattern? God, in an attempt to restore relationships that are broken by sin, initiates a covenant. God offers to be our God if we will be God's people. Going forward to Exodus and we get the the Mosaic covenant. The Israelites have escaped from slavery in Egypt with God's help and after they're wandering in the desert, they come to Mount Sinai where God proposes they enter into a covenant with the Israelites as God's chosen people. God gives the Israelites the law, including the 10 commandments and offers to be Israel's God if they will be God's people. It's the pattern again, God will be our God if we will be God's people. Later, when the Davidic covenant in 2 Samuel, this covenant, God tells David that God will establish a royal lineage from David that will be everlasting. And David's royal line has this fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Although the word covenant is not specifically mentioned in the Hebrew text, this story has all the markings of covenant. God will do wonderful things through David and his descendants if David will be a man of God. It's there, it's there again. We find God initiating this covenant. God will be our God if we will be God's people. God invites us here and now into a covenant relationship with himself and he does it over and over again every day of our lives. In fact, God goes to great lengths to bring us to himself so that we might know his great love for us for our world, and for the whole of creation. In the same way, God sought to bring the Israelite people into relationship with him. God is working to bring us, to you and me, into a relationship with him as through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So who, I'll remind you, left heaven, came and lived a sinless life among us, Our Savior was condemned to death on the cross for our sins and rose to life that we might have everlasting life through him. That's what God has done. And he's telling us again this morning that he will be our God if we will be his people. You see, we are a people of promise. We make our resolution, our commitment to God. So I ask you, will you be God's people? If you say yes to that, your duty is to remember and to live as God's covenant people. Our scripture today, the subtitle was a call to holy living. And we hear this, remember, prepare your minds for action. Discipline yourself, set all your hope on the grace that Jesus Christ will bring you when he's revealed. Like obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires that you formerly had in ignorance. Instead, as he who called you is holy, be holy. For it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. It is our duty 
to remember and to live as God's covenant people, to live as these people of promise. We're not good at keeping our promises. Sometimes we need to be reminded. And so today, along with many others, the first Sunday in the new year, we take on a prayer. You'll see it on the front of your bulletin, but it's also in your hymnal. I'll ask you to turn to hymn number 607. 607. In just a few moments, we will join together in this prayer. But hear now the invitation into this time of the covenant service. Dearly loved brothers and sisters, the Christian life is found in Christ. It is redeemed from sin and consecrated to God. We are those who have entered into this life and have been admitted into the new covenant of Jesus Christ. He is the mediator of this covenant. He sealed it with his own blood so it would last forever. On one side of this covenant stands God who promises to give us new life in Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. Every day, God proves his goodness and grace to us, showing us that his promise still stands firm. On the other side, we stand as those who promise to no longer live life for ourselves, but instead to only live for Jesus Christ, but he can because he loved us and has given his life for us. There are times in our lives when it's important for us to remember and reaffirm our promises and vows. In this same way we come today to renew our covenant with God. Many generations have done this before us. Today we make the covenant our own, renewing with both joy and sincerity the covenant that binds us all to God. So let us, gathered here before the Lord, now in covenant, in promise of who we are and who God's called us to be, commit ourselves to Christ as his servants. Let us give ourselves to him so that we may fully belong to Christ. Jesus Christ has left us with many services to be done. Some of these services are easy and honorable. Some are difficult and disgraceful. Some line up with our desires and interests. Others are contrary to both. And in some, we please both Christ and ourselves. But then there are other works where we cannot please Christ except by denying ourselves. So to Christ now, we offer this prayer. Will you join with me? I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Christ is Savior to those who are his true servants. He is the source of all salvation to those who obey. To be his servants is to consent fully to his will.
Christ accepts nothing less. Christ will be all in all or he will be nothing. We now confirm this truth in this holy covenant. Make it a reality in your life in many ways. First, set apart time in your day more than once to be spent alone with the Lord. Seek to perceive God's special care for you and gracious acceptance of you. Carefully think through the words of this covenant and its conditions. We've given you a copy on the front of your bulletin. Examine your heart. Even if you have freely given your life to Christ, name the sins in your life. Reflect on whether you are willing to choose Christ's holy laws and strict commands. Be sure you are clear in all of these so you do not lie to God. Second, uphold a serious spirit of awe and reverence. Third, claim God's covenant. Do not trust in your own strength and power, but rely on God's promise of giving grace and strength. In this way, he will empower you to keep your promise. Fourth, be determined to be faithful. You have given your heart and life to God. You have opened your mouth to dedicate yourself to the Lord. With God's power, never go back to your former way of living. And last, be prepared to renew your covenant with God. Fall on your knees, lift your hands, and open your heart. Let us go to God in prayer. Oh God, you know that we have made this covenant today in sincerity, without deceit and reluctance in our heart. If you find anything false in us, guide us and help us to set it right. And now glory be to you, God the Father. From this day forward, we shall look upon you as our God and Lord. Glory be to you, God the Son. You have loved us and washed us from our sin in your own blood. From this day forward, may we look upon you as our Savior and Redeemer. Glory be to you, O God the Holy Spirit. By your almighty power, you have turned our heart from sin to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Spirit, you have now our covenant friendship. And we, through your infinite grace, have become your covenant servant. You are ours, and we are yours. So be it. And may this covenant that we have made here on earth be ratified in heaven. Amen. You know what I think one of the interesting things about God's covenants in scripture is that God almost always asks his people to build an altar or set a stone to remember the covenant that they are entering into with God. That stone would serve as a reminder so that whenever you passed it, you considered your relationship as God's covenant. Now we don't have a great big stone here this morning to turn on its end to remind us of God's great love for us, but we have holy communion. It's a moment for us to remember and to relive the covenant that we've entered into as God's people. It's a moment to consider our relationship with God and to enjoy God's grace and presence with us. Communion is that stone, our reminder to live into our covenant with God. And so this morning and each Sunday throughout our time until Easter, we will be receiving Holy Communion. 
to remember the covenant we've made and to continue to be transformed by God's grace into the people God would have us to be. Would you turn in your hymnals to hymn number 12 and join with us in a time of Holy Communion?